everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, we're going to, in a way, we're continuing our conversation about canceling. And by talking about uncanceling, yeah, hmm. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk. Look, here's the thing: all of this bullshit about cancel culture is just scaremongering by the 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 morons in the GOP right now. But there are legitimate conversations to be had around it, and uh, and this is one of them. Yeah. Uh, so so we're gonna we're gonna real talk about it. We're we're gonna talk about it, and uh, and and of course we have uh, our uh, normal stories coming right up. But first, a quick reminder for everybody oh, about yeah. um, a patrons only live stream event that's coming up this Monday, March eighth at seven p.m. We're gonna be holding a little uh, family home evening. Yeah, Dan and I are. A little um, live stream. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you, our patrons get to join. Yeah. The rest of you are twisting in the wind. So if you don't want to be out there twisting, you got until then to uh, to sign up as a patron. Absolutely. Uh, patrons will be receiving instructions on how to join the live stream. Um, Via so the emails. Look for that email. Yeah. Coming out. All right. Yeah. Check your junk box and stuff. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Does our stuff go to junk? Probably sometimes. It's, well, it starts off as junk. I'm so. surprised our podcast doesn't go to people's junk boxes. <laughs> All right, Dan. Are you familiar with Eurovision? Uh, am I familiar? Oh yes, I, my yes, god. I Do you love Eurovision? I I have literally zero understanding of what's going on at any given moment in Eurovision. It doesn't make any sense to me, I, but I love it. I think the general gist is, right, that European countries send musical numbers to a central competition. Right. This year it's in it's in the Netherlands. I don't know if that's normally the case. Maybe does, no, it, no, does it travel like, around? I think last year it was in... Uh, uh, in Israel, oh, which my. how is that Euro? I don't know, but okay, <laughs> it works. It works. This is Maybe one right. of the things that I'm baffled. Every I, every turn, I am baffled by Eurovision. <laughs> I don't like. Yes, I think that that's the right setup, but I watch what they send, and I'm like, really? Yeah, that's the act that you're you've chosen to have represent. Your whole country. Your whole country. You know, I mean, some some of these countries are, are small, right? And so maybe they just sure. don't have quite the, the pool they're, of talent. They're to basically draw gag from, countries. Maybe? The whole the whole <laughs> no. country is just basically a, a gimmick country. I get it. Andorra, you're oh. cute. You're just you're basically just a mountain. So yeah. send whatever you want. But there are legitimate countries sending crazy. Anyway, I love it. I'm glad okay. they do it. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Well, this is a story about uh, Cyprus and okay. their uh, submission this year to Eurovision. Uh, it, it's uh, by the singer Elena Sagrino. Okay. Um, and who she apparently rose to fame um, at, at the age of 14. This was in 2009. Um, after making it to the semifinal of Greece's Got Talent. Okay. But but her song 
the song is causing quite the stir, Dan. Oh, no. The, so much so that the Church of Cyprus has weighed in and and adamantly opposes and is calling upon uh, the Cyprus Broadcasting Company or Corporation or something along those lines. Sure. Um, anyway, I guess I guess it's like they're the ones who picked to send her. It's not like uh-huh. a government delegation, which I would have preferred that it be some sort of, you know, ad hoc committee of the... Right. Of whatever, um, but no, it's uh, it's the broadcaster, the national broadcaster, and they're calling on them to please, please pick another song because they don't like her song, which is called El Diablo. Okay, which the, is the devil, the devil right? in, in Spanish, Spanish, not Greek. Right, I know it's really strange, and she sings in English, but then right. she says El Diablo. It's oh, really, it's got such amazing lines as uh, tonight we gonna burn in a party. It's heaven in hell with you, right? Okay. Clever, clever. Um, sure. Also, I gave my heart to El Diablo because he tells me I'm his angel. Oh, Ooh, okay. Spicy. Um, it's got you know all the all the all the things that you would expect from a. a, a a, a, a song uh, coming from Cyprus, I suppose. Um, it's a I, it's a dance. I really have no expectations from a Cyprus song. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, afraid it's a, a dancey pop song, right? Sure, okay. Um, yeah, that's what that's what you expect for. That's what, what you would sort of expect, right? Lots of auto tune. Um, there's one point where like a children's choir kind of comes in, you know, mm. you know how they do, they have kids yeah. singing too. That's kind of yeah. fun. About uh, El Diablo. It ends, well, there's, I watched the music video and there's like all these like, um, bare chest men, but they're painted all like, like, like not black. It's not like blackface or anything like that, but just kind of like a dark gray so they kind of just blend mm. into the shadows right shadowy um, and diablo men <laughs> and you never really see their faces right but they they're kind of dancing around her and kind of menacingly and everything um and let's see the oddest thing about the song is or the music video is there seems to be like a skin lotion ad in the middle of it <laughs> It's really, really, really strange. Anyway, back to the Holy Synod of the Orthodox Church of Cyprus, um, uh-huh. which has issued a strongly worded statement um, expressing its intense disagreement and frustration um, with the selection of the song, um, saying um, the song favored our global ridicule by advocating our surrender to the devil and promoting his worship. While praising the <laughs> fatalistic submission of humans to the devil's power. Okay, well, I'm going to speak directly to the uh, the, the Cyprus Broadcasting whatever. I know you guys are listening, uh, and thanks for your yeah. continued support. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if if I may suggest a, uh, a, a, a an, an answer to the to the church, how about? Shut up. <laughs> well, just shut up. <laughs> the record label felt the need to respond. Um, oh, sure. And so um, they say that the story, the song tells the story of a girl who finds herself trapped in an exploitative relationship with a bad guy. 
Hence, she calls him El Diablo. It is the eternal struggle between evil and good. Through this problematic Stockholm Syndrome relationship, and despite the paranoia she experiences, in the end, the truth always shines. And she seeks help to break the ties on a path to freedom, right? And the church is having none of it, right? Um, they if it says the word devil it's about the devil and that's the end it says that it has uh, been contacted by thousands of citizens expressing displeasure at the song um, and uh, they describe the lyrics as provocative and unacceptable and completely at odds with our people's values again so, uh, the response, correct response is shut up seriously though if you want to watch a really really bad music video of a pretty bad song i highly recommend this i was, Put the I, link was in the show yeah, I was laughing hysterically it, which i and send me the link too <laughs> i i, I want to see it i'm not a fan right. of that style of music to begin with so <laughs> but seriously there yeah. is like i don't know why she always like the camera pans past so she's like in the background and in the foreground is like this like store display setup of like some lotion skin product, something or other. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on here? And then like it's, a minute later, skin gray. she has the, the, the lotion and she's like <laughs> squeezing it into her hand and kind of smearing it around. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with anything else in this music video. This clearly is product placement. It, well, what you don't know is that El Diablo was very fond of saying, it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyhow. Buffalo Bill, El Diablo. Okay, uh, I am going to bring us back here to these United States, uh, where, unusually, I'm going to launch with some kind of good news. What? No. I know. Yep. Uh, brace yourselves everybody um look we talk a lot about all of the bullshit that happens in this country and there's plenty uh and one of the things that we've talked about many times over the years is the fact that a large a, a huge percentage of the adoptions uh that happen in our country go through faith-based adoption services mm, okay yeah uh, that's true and they are traditionally, we'll call it, reluctant to adopt kids to LGBTQ families. Right. Which is some bullshit, and it's stupid, and, uh, you know, flies in the face of all, you know, all known facts about good homes and whatever. Right. But doesn't fly in the face of a Bronze Age stupid book. So... <laughs> They're, you know, they're walking a line is all I'm saying. (laughs) Well, that line was easier for them to walk under the Trump administration because, of course, the Trump administration was like the 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 Obama administration had said, look, we're not going to give you any federal funding unless you adopt, unless you serve all Americans equally. Right. Uh, To which a lot of adoption services were like, we give up. We don't do it anymore. That's not our job anymore. Right. Uh, but if you tried to sort of walk the line under Trump, it, the, Trump totally took away those protections or uh, and said, you know, go ahead and, and and discriminate all you want. Well, all of these places are now were, have been 
watching and they know that a Biden administration is totally going to undo the damage that the Trump administration did. And so they've been figuring in themselves out. And one of them, one of the big dogs, this is, this is a, uh, a Protestant adoption agency called Bethany Christian Services, has decided that across the board, all over the country, they will serve LGBTQ couples. Wow. So I think that's great. They have they, been sort of in a piecemeal way. Like, for, for instance, in 2018, the city of Philadelphia suspended all of their contracts with, with them for a while, and they decided to change their policy in Philadelphia mm. and help in, you know, and serve the LGBTQ uh, community there. And then they discovered... But not yeah, everywhere. And they discovered that, you know, <laughs> Philadelphia didn't, like... You know, get swallowed up by the by the by right, the ground. Right, right. Yeah, their, like the their offices not weren't open up, and <laughs> they, Satan's <laughs> tail did not stab at them right. from the from the depths of yeah, hell exactly. or whatever. Like, okay, it's not that so, big of a deal. Oh wait, the gay couples so, actually yeah, the, they're really good parents. Shit. Uh, apparently, they tried to. Apparently, they uh, you know they had a big. A big come to Jesus moment with themselves in January when they realized, oh shit, this inauguration's happening. We are we could lose all of our funding. They of course didn't frame it in terms of like we don't want to lose our funding, but they just said we've we've made a new decision and we are going to do it in all fifty states, uh, or whatever however many states they're in. I think they're only in thirty no, they're in thirty two states, so hmm. There you go. I don't know. You just, you know, questioning their 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 motivations, Dan. I am. <laughs> I uh, I'm very suspicious of them. But but they came I mean, to the if right going in, conclusion. If they're going in the right direction, I'll give them credit at least for that. That's you know what that is. That's society moving forward right there. Boom. That's an example. Right. The uh, the Catholics, I'm sure, will be slow to follow. Yeah, but, uh, but at least we got the the Protestants on board. Yeah. When when will the Mormons? Because <laughs> they've got their the big Mormons, family services thing too. The 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 Mormons have hitched their trailer to the Trump train. I think they're in real trouble. Oh God, no kidding. All right, Dan. Speaking yes. of religious r- stuff. <laughs> <laughs> as, our, as we are wont to do. Uh, uh, yeah, speaking of uh, uh, churches and, and whatnot, religious groups reckoning with uh, homosexuality. Um, Uh-oh. An interesting story this week about uh, some movement over at the United Methodist Church, uh, oh, which has yeah. been facing potential schism over the issue yep. a couple the united part is a <laughs> is a little bit flimsy right now uh i guess it was a couple years ago i remember us talking about it um oh we've talked about it a bunch yeah. of times but the the problem is they keep saying they're going to come to a con- decision about it and then they keep pushing it back yeah. well so, a couple years ago i mean they they did they uh they ended up uh they voted on the issue and uh, the pro uh, sort of accepting gay people into our uh, fully into our, our community by blessing marriages uh, right. and more than con- 
actually conducting marriages um, and uh, potentially even allowing clergy, I think, was on the table. Um, they were they were outvoted by the conservative flank of the church, right. which found a lot of support internationally, right, from the African and Philippine uh, delegates yeah. at the yeah. at the convention, right? Um, but it's always the Africans. It doesn't matter which denomination we're talking about, Anglicans or whatever. The Africans are always going to be hold pulling you back. Wow, that's, that's a, just that's, that's a bold and broad statement, Dan. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I in no way could back up with thousands of facts, but that's okay. okay. Keep going. All right, all right, all right. Um, uh, apparently, after that meeting, uh, moderates and liberal clergy um made it clear that they were not going to follow the rules and right. so it's been this whole issue has been continuing to percolate and uh there is now a movement to skiz and <laughs> uh, they're kind of yes. call themselves the global methodist church um right me, but to be clear that's that's the uh the conservative side yeah. That's getting yeah. ready to just bolt. And, and and listen to to the wording that global, so you know who they're they're aligning right. with, right? They're getting right. those uh, conservative um, Africans and uh, or African and Filipino uh, congregations to uh, go right. along with them. Um, and what I find really interesting about this is they only seem to be weird on the issue of uh, LGBT acceptance into their you know, community uh, because really? their plan is to ordain women. <laughs> what? Yeah. The, really the oh only thing that they're, that they're really just fucking miffed about is uh, gay people getting into the clergy and, and, and getting married and, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And they just cannot abide it at all, Dan. Um, I don't know, Frank, if you've ever read that that Bible book that they like so much, but uh, that main character, that Jesus guy, you know the guy, Jesus, who always hung out with only other guys and never actually like uh -oh. had a wife or Damn. even any mention of dating or anything? That dude hated gays. <laughs> That's one thing we know for sure. So it all just makes sense. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, yeah. It's something else. Like, it does feel like the, the the conservatives in this world are not going to deal with losing their 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 privilege and being in the majority of the groups that they belong to, right? Right. And that's I mean right. they they just can't handle that society's changing, obviously. Um, and it I don't think this really bodes well for the future. Like, you know, like. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? For the future of who? Of the global I, Methodist? No, I mean in general. So just where society's at at the moment. Uh, oh, I you see. You know, what you're like, yeah. like the people are unwilling to, um, in any way, shape, or form, have anything to do with people who disagree with them, and see the world. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's religion, and you just want to be around people who think exactly the same way as you. But, well. It's it, look. It's a. It's dogmatic. They have to f know what the dogma is, yeah. and so uh, when that changes for somebody and not for somebody else, yeah, you got a skiz. Ugh. That's all you got left to with you. <laughs> so skiz they shall.
Well, I'm going to take us to uh, to Missouri. Ah. A little a little place called Malden, Missouri, where a big time pastor, uh, Pastor Stuart Allen Clark, with <laughs> it's funny because I'm used to hyphenated names, but not the first two. I'm used to the last <laughs> two names being hyphenated. His his first name is Stuart Allen. That's so okay. you know to say both of them, so people don't yeah. call you know uh, people don't call him Stuart. Yeah, you don't want to call him Allen. Yeah. His name is Stuart Allen. I'm going to call him Stewie. <laughs> uh, anyway, Stewie uh, did a, a rousing sermon about two weeks ago, which was uh, which caught some national attention, especially after uh, our friend Hemant Mehta over at the Friendly Atheist posted about the sermon mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and cut together a real nice clip show of it. It was not cute. Mm. Uh, basically, the sermon was about uh, women, and the he asked the question, and I think you know this is obviously a very valid question. Why do women uh, let themselves go after they get married? <laughs> oh, uh, basically, what he said was. If your marriage is in trouble, might be your fault for being so damn fat. Oh my god! Was ba- was the the full thrust of the entire thing. Oh my god! Uh, he he said, "Look, not every woman." And I watched this. He said things like, "Not every woman can be a trophy wife like Melania Trump." Oh my god! By the way, yes, using trophy wife as a positive thing. Uh, <laughs> Not ever, but he he understands. He recognizes that not every woman can be a Melania. Well, that's very generous. But <laughs> he says when a woman when when a couple comes in for him for marriage counseling, which he admits, and this is a good thing, he no longer does marriage counseling, which I think <laughs> we'll discover that that's a good thing. But uh, he said when when they would come in for marriage counseling, and the woman would say, "What can I do to keep our marriage together?" He had an answer. Oh God! <laughs> Which and it was always, uh, he he said that quote physical beauty is within the reach of every woman. Oh God! Uh, he doesn't want you to look like a butch. Is what is what he's getting oh, at? Does he say that? He oh yeah, oh, that was his term. A, a butch. butch. Okay. He doesn't want you to look like a butch. Uh, I mean, so, he said that probably the nicest way he could. No, he was not trying to be nice. None of this was, uh, there was no, he was not angling for nice at all. He, he could have been, could have, could have made that little, little more nasty toward the lesbians is what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's true. You don't true. want to look like, uh, you know, one of them bull dykes. <laughs> that's not a nice no, thing no, to say. I, I apologize yeah, for using that phrase. That's why, anyway, that's why I stopped. So, so yeah. that you could say it well, instead of me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You took a sharp left, and I just kept driving. Uh, listen, he. Uh, so anyway, there have been apparently some consequences. Uh, the General Baptist. Uh, there was a, a an association of General Baptists, a general association of General Baptist meeting. They used General twice. That wasn't me. Uh, that was set to take place in July of 2022. Uh, he. He was set to be the uh, the moderator of the entire 
Og meeting. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. He has resigned from that position. Oh. But then uh, uh, recently, the uh, the church's his church, uh, which is First General Baptist Church in Malden, Missouri. Uh, their website has now basically almost nothing on it, but it does say that as of uh, two days ago, Pastor Clark has taken leave. Oh, uh, no. It's a leave of absence. No. Really? And is seeking professional counseling. <laughs> so. Because he's a lunatic. I just. He, oh, <sighs> P.S. This will shock exactly zero of our listeners, including you, but uh, want to take a guess what this guy looks like? Because look, oh, I'm sure. I am not into shaming people's looks at all, but when you go after women for being fat, when you do an entire yeah. fucking sermon about how women have some sort of moral obligation to be thin for their husbands... Yeah. You can't look like a piggy. <laughs> he is a fat man. And I have no, pro again, I have no problem with him being fat unless he starts yelling at other people right. that they have to be skinny. Right. It's insane. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I was, I'm very, that's, that's I'm pretty very amazing. angry about it. Yeah, that's, that's really amazing. Because like, also like, yeah, it's just the whole idea, like... <laughs> It's really, it's really, really, really awful. Anyway, when you can tuck your your shirt in, <laughs> damn, then you get to talk to about. So, no, you never get to talk about anybody else's body. But <laughs> the man can't even tuck his own shirt in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. But see, here's the deal: from his perspective, men are always disgusting, right? <laughs> right. right, like, and and but, women can be so beautiful. Right, yeah. he's thinking. If they just manage their weight, and they clearly, you know, I mean, look around. You see, you see hot women with with dumpy guys all the time. They clearly don't care. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> this guy. Yeah, I mean, I, the the notion that men have a right to a beautiful mm -hmm. wife, but women don't have a right to a a handsome husband, right? Is it's just chef kiss mwah, perfect. It's just thanks uh, exactly right. You, you're doing Christianity just as you're supposed to. They're just the patriarchy is alive and well. Yep. Bravo. Yep. Stewie. Oh my God. All right, Dan. Yeah. Over there at CPAC. That's the Conservative oh. Political Action Conference. Oh, Dan, good stuff. The, the, we, it was a good. It was a good conference this year. This was a good year for CPAC. Yeah. Well, I've got something that happened at CPAC that I okay. that I want to share. Something that sort of showed up at CPAC. Did you hear about the golden statue of Donald Trump? That, oh yeah. That showed up, Dan. Uh, oh yeah. The, that that portrayed Donald Trump in a uh, sort of a suit coat, but, but while wearing shorts and flip flops. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. It was a truly a, 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 a an unbelievable color of masterpiece. Gold. Um, yes, <laughs> it was a masterpiece, an artistic masterwork. Yeah, um, is that what you were going for? Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was gonna say that it's a, the, they they took inspiration clearly from 
the unbelievable colors that Donald Trump himself could achieve. Um, right. And uh, yeah, so the, the sculptor is um, one Mr. Tommy Zegan. He's a California-based artist, according okay. to this article. Um, and he he created the this Trump statue in response to um, multiple pieces of art that he'd seen that were mocking Trump. You know, he says, two years ago when I saw all those statues of naked Trump and Trump on a toilet, I said, you know what? I can do better. <laughs> and by better... And by creating a graven image, <laughs> yeah, that, that, I don't that know all which, the members which version of, of better he was going decided for. to worship. Apparently, um, yeah, I guess you know the the better version <laughs> is one that sort of makes a mockery of sort of Christian faith uh, itself. Um, and also, uh, not for nothing, it's a caricature. Oh yeah, it's not a faithful representation no. of the. It's not. It's not like it. It's not highlighting his nobility, which he didn't have any, but like, like no artist could look at this, could, could make this thing and say, this is in honor of a great man. Oh, no, Dan. No, 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 no. He, he feels like he really, really is honoring Trump. He says the whole thing, because, you know, it's people are like shorts and flip flops and he goes, no, it's all symbolic. He says the coat and tie uh, is the fact that he's a professional, a businessman. The, the 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 red tie symbolizes he's a republican the red white and blue is that he's a patriot the fact that he's wearing thongs and shorts is that he's at an age where he should be retired he should be oh at the God. beach right now okay so this guy this guy has a real handle on symbolism folks he uh he uh he really understands it and he gets it deep well and he really wants everybody to know of course that the 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 the, the piece on display at CPAC um is actually a fiberglass mold of the real stainless steel sculpture currently stored in his warehouse um oh. uh where uh it, it's awaiting a potentially high profile showcase uh, he says it's a museum quality, uh, and that's the one I'm eventually hoping to get in the Trump Library. It's literally priceless, he says. Oh, my God. I adore it so much. Let me tell you something. This fucking thing is a bobblehead, okay? It is not... Like, literally, it's like going to Venice Beach and having a caricature artist yeah. do a picture of Donald Trump oh, totally. and then making that into a sculpture. No. But the, he actually brings up something that, that makes me really, really, really scared and very interested to see what they come up with, which is, of course, the Trump Library. <laughs> oh, well, What is yes. the Trump Library going to be like? Because it's, I guarantee you, this guy gets this thing in, right? It's just going to be oh. the most horrifying collection of gold-gilded and Rococo horrible, it's, it's tasteless gonna be a disaster. Oh my god! It's going to well. Look here's like, here's, the, here's what we know for sure: it's going to be neoclassical architecture. Yes, for sure. Yes, there's going to be columns. Literally every square foot is going to have a column in it. <laughs> Except for the Melania room. Except and it's for, going which to be will sparse, be, with angular. Which will 
look like a <laughs> it, it'll look like a bloodbath. It'll look like someone has has murdered a thousand people in it. <laughs> and then for the library part, it will just be three shelves of the art of the deal for sale. <laughs> anyway, um, which you can purchase after passing through the casino on your way to right. the gift shop. <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah. You have to, but, and you have to play through in mini golf. Like you can't, <laughs> you're not allowed to not golf, uh, when you go. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm going to leave us in, uh, in Alabama where there's been a small triumph for the Fufurf. Oh, uh, in Alabama, all right. In Alabama, of all places, uh, the Fufur wrote to Alabama on behalf of some residents who are me- who are uh, anonymous, but what we know about them is that they are members of the Satanic Temple. Okay, uh, which I like. I am a fan of the Satanic Temple, mm-hmm. and they decided that they wanted the Alabama license plate for their car, S eight T A N. Yes. So Satan. Yes. Basically, is uh, and they wanted that. Why not? And why did they have to spell it with an eight? Just to be clever. Just you already yeah, have a to T. Be cute. Yeah, you could spell it S eight A N. Yeah, be hard. Or you could spell it S A T A N. I guess, but maybe... the normal spelling. <laughs> because but they're they're being fun, right, Frank? I know. Let them be fun. I know. Anyway, uh, this was. Uh, Summarily declined. I think it was for, uh, provisionally allowed and then declined. Oh. And the Fufurf decided to step in and write a letter because why the fuck is... Like, they wouldn't have declined I heart Jesus or whatever. They wouldn't have declined, you know, mm. Christian. Right. So why would they decline this? And really, it's always funny when you just make somebody defend their un- indefensible position. <laughs> Because, you know, what the Alabama Department of Revenue Motor, Motor Vehicle Division said was that it was, uh, it contained objectionable language, which is considered <laughs> offensive to the peace and dignity of the state of Alabama. Oh, no. Which, okay, tell me why. It's a, it's just a character. It's, it's a, it's a, a deity. Yeah. So you tell me why that, you know, if it said Ganesh, would you be, anywho, uh, eventually... And also, as Hemant Mehta points out, this is a this is a state where you can still get a license plate with a Confederate flag on it. Oh Jesus! So you guys don't get to talk too much about what's offensive, okay? You just have to sort of take your lumps on this one. Uh, anyway, uh, it turns out that they uh, that that they basically had nothing backing them up, and they gave it to them. Nice. So now, wow. someone is. I mean, there may it may be valid to question the wisdom of this decision, but yeah. someone's driving around a car in Alabama that says Satan on it. I so. hope it's not a very nice car, <laughs> right? I hope. I, I mean, and if it's and if it's not now, it, it won't be, be a not very, very nice soon. car shortly. Be burned out very soon. Yeah. Oh golly. Ugh. But hooray for uh, for the right thing happening. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm very happy for them. I you know. I th- I honestly just I mean vanity plates really <laughs> Stop like, it. I know people have them Don't and shame I know them. I know I know our, we probably have a lot of listeners that have vanity plates and you know go for it right but like I love the ones that are like it just like says what kind of car it is Lexus 
Have you seen those? <laughs> yeah, that's the best one. <laughs> it's like, what, just so you could remember it, right? Like you couldn't remember your license plate number when you like had to check into a hotel and you're like, I'm going to fix this. Lexus. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, listen, folks, if you would like to yell at Frank and tell him how cool your vanity plate is, I'd love to have you write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message that explains why it just says RAV4 on your license plate. (laughs) (laughs) The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Dan. Yes. (laughs) We're about to play a clip that I don't even know what to make of. Right. Because like (laughs) there are moments when like, like, you know, that Christians have just stopped being anything recognizable. Right. Like we know this, like they're, they're just evangelical Christians. I don't see, I don't know where the Christianity is half the time. Right. American evangelicalism has given up on all the notions of things like dignity, or decency uh, christianity they've (laughs) given up on that entirely seriously being a good christian i remember when my (laughs) baptist neighbors and the people at school right that there was an idea of being a good christian yeah and it wasn't this (laughs) no no so of course the christians uh of texas especially uh are, are are they're their own breed the guy that we're going to play, I guess his name is Keith Kraft. He's a pastor. Keith uh, Kraft. At El- at Keith Kraft at Elevate Life Church uh, in Frisco, Texas. This guy, I, how would you describe his outfit, Frank? Uh, um, clashing? <laughs> I would say he seems it's, to be wearing a t-shirt with a, Chris, sword, like a, a reflective sword yeah, yeah. going straight down the middle of it. He's both uh, dark and shiny. It's very, and the, then maybe a maybe a leather vest. There's definitely a leather vest, and then and so the clip starts in really tight, right? When you watch the right. video, and you just kind of see belly up, right? <laughs> and then they cut to the wide shot at one point, and then he has like these like look, I think they're camo, but like black and white with gray yeah, camo it's like pants, camo skinny jeans, like. And like uh, probably wildly expensive sneakers. Yeah, and yeah, because the the, the evangelical pastors are all into their ex- expensive sneakers for some reason. Yeah. Um, but like you know, like people like to clash patterns sometimes, you know. And in the hands <laughs> yeah. of a real fashionista, like they they can do it. But this guy, this guy cannot do it. He cannot. First of all, he looks like. Uh, I don't know. He he looks like he's Gary Busey's younger brother, but not that much younger. <laughs> but just he's as his, crazy. He's in his sixties, <laughs> maybe late fifties. Yeah, uh, he he's not looking good. He's about to yell at you. That's yeah. what we're getting at. Uh, he's going to talk us about talk to us about masks and uh, and wearing COVID masks. Here we go. Yeah, in fact, we're encouraging you to double up. I said that is not going to happen. Says you're gonna have to wear this kind of mask. Now it's this kind of mask. What? What? We we live in such a fear and mongering 
control and manipulation society that some of y'all have drank it like Kool-Aid. And I'm just here to tell you, we are the sons of God in the earth. And guess what? We're not afraid. We're not afraid. Hey, hey, listen, let me go on record and say it. I had COVID. If I had died, then I died of COVID. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of a heart attack. I'm not afraid when it's my time to go. We can't cower. We can't play. We can't play small. We can't hide. We got to live. We're the sons of God in the earth. That's who you are. And our country's being run by a bunch of pussies. That's the only way I can say it. So record that and send that. Well, somebody did record it. <laughs> and, and, and that's we, why we're, we're using it, it now. And... I'm, 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 I'm aghast. I, I, I don't even, like, he's, Here, here's he's, the thing. he says, he says pussy. Yeah. On the, on the dais. Yeah. He's, uh, he's <laughs> like, preaching. What the fuck? He's just, just <laughs> yeah, that, remember now, when there was any yeah. amount of, like, decorum or dignity to religion? Yeah. Well, I think Shut the moment up. that they stopped actually, like, meeting in churches and just like meet in warehouses yeah but, and something in the, happened you know in, in the old you know whatever store in the strip mall yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the, the 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 weird store in the strip mall I'll, i i i i'll look the other way for that right in a way because it's like you're a startup you're getting whatever space you can right sure i'm talking about these places they sell like the the k2 or whatever we went to here oh, in salt yeah. lake right the Where rock and like, roll church yeah and it was like it i mean it wasn't it wasn't like this that's for sure um <laughs> nobody but, yelled pussies which <laughs> is mind-boggling but it's like a fucking warehouse and they yeah. like it they like the aesthetic and it's like oh, yeah you know, the the moment that they stopped trying to hearken to something higher, right? Hi, right. Trying to look to the heavens for inspiration rather than just being a bunch of jerks. This is your fault, in Martin a warehouse. Luther. warehouse. <laughs> look what you yeah. have wrought, Martin <laughs> Luther. Like, anyway. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well... We'll move past both the fear and the mongering to get to uh, what we we had some folks write into us yeah. uh, and call into us. So I'll start us off. Uh, Rob wrote into us to say, hey, Frank and Dan, your segment segment. I, I should be able to speak your segment on the hijab in animation. Oh, yeah. Piqued my interest. Ooh. I thought depicting the humanoid form in art is haram in Islam. Oh. Why, which is why it's so much so much art from Islamic countries is geometric in yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah. So wouldn't animation be idolatry at 24 frames per second? I'd welcome being corrected if I'm wrong, as I'm uh, not an, any sort of expert on Islam. But I did take a couple of animation classes about a thousand years ago. So, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, here's the thing. It definitely was. Like, there was definitely a, a prohibition on creating imagery of any kind yeah. in Islam. Yeah. Which is why you're right. Uh, you know, if you look, if you go to, uh, you know, a few hundred year old uh, Muslim mosques or any kind of structure, if you go to the, to the Taj Mahal or, 
you know, anything like that, you're not going to see pictures. You're going to see either really cool, very intricate geometric patterns right. because the Arab world was amazing at geometry. Yeah. Or you're going to see Arabic script, like words and letters calligraphy made to look like gorgeous, yeah, gor like very graphic, yeah. calligraphic sort of image. It's not images, yeah, but it's definitely not just supposed to be words. It's supposed to be beautiful, decorative right. uh, calligraphy. I don't know when it changed. I know you still can't draw Muhammad, yeah, and uh, and neither can any of us apparently. Well, and, and I know that uh, a, your, your typical Muslim family isn't going to have like pictures hanging up in their house and that kind of stuff, right? right? It's going to be more like. You know the kind of stuff you just described. You know, there's going to be, you'll, you know, they'll put some calligraphy on the wall somewhere. Right. Um, right. But um, yeah, but, that's a really interesting question because, like, I I would assume that somewhere around the same time that like moving pictures. I mean, because like they don't have any problem with like a camera taking right. an, an image of a human being and transmitting yeah. it into your home. They make movies. Yeah. They make television. Yeah. But it is interesting, so, though, that, that there is, should there, for them, be a line, right? And how have they reckoned with that? I don't know. We should have looked it up. But it's yeah. a great question. Well, we still haven't looked it up. So there. <laughs> Take that, Rob. <laughs> come to us I for answers. Prepared. Don't come to <clears throat> us for answers. Some, somebody can write in. Somebody might be an expert yeah. on, uh, maybe, maybe a former uh, Muslim can and write they, into us. Someone with that kind of background would be <laughs> able to speak to far better yeah. than we can. So, Indeed. Uh, so uh, why don't we, we've got a voicemail. We, why don't we play that? We do, Dan. This is um, a listener who has a question for us of and seeking advice, as people sometimes do. Um, I don't know if that's wise. To seek oh, no. advice very, from us. Very, very poor choice, uh, but, but we'll, um, we'll try. <laughs> this is Mark, uh, and he's got a, a question about um, dealing with like religious parents, and uh. when 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 they start to kind of maybe encroach a little too much into what's going on in your life. Hi, Frank and Dan. My name's Mark. I've called a couple times before, um, but I just figured I'd tell you guys about an incident and see what you guys had to think. Um, I'm married, and my wife is bisexual, and my parents don't really know that. My parents don't know we're atheists, but they know we're not religious. Now, there's not a huge difference between not religious and atheist, if you just look at it as a blanket term, but um, they've been intruding more and more, and it's starting to make us both very uncomfortable. I uh, I actually work out at their house in the mornings before work, and I found in my backpack, a book about the way a Christian marriage should be, what a Christian marriage looks like, and, you know, information about why we should go to church and things like that. I'm just wondering at what point and what's more important, really? Do we address the, the aspect of the relationship first? Like, do I come out so that my parents stop tormenting us this way or do i try to preserve parental relationships as well um i don't know how you guys have experienced it in the past but you know i can see it it's not going super well i just thought i'd get you guys thoughts on it um because it, our, our relationship was getting better with my parents but now they're starting to 
they're more on the Jesus-y side of things, which is always fun and destructive. So thanks, guys. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Well, you're just in a fun situation, <laughs> aren't you? Oh, man. Oh, religious that parents. Is, I mean, we it's a story we've heard a, a hundred times. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I'm not saying you're being repetitive. Don't worry. I'm just saying, like, yeah, this you're you're in good company. Yeah. A, a lot of people are having to deal with this thing. And it's not easy. It's just not easy. And you're going to, and we, the truth is we can't tell you, like, we don't know your parents. We don't even know you. Right. So we don't, we can't really tell you what the right choice to make is. Right. But what we can tell you is that, you know, first of all, this is not going to get better without a conversation. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? So like. You're, it's probably going to get worse. It's probably going to intensify. It sounds like they're ramping up uh, their efforts. And that's, you know, they're going to a place every week that's telling them they have to ramp up their efforts. Mm. Or you're going to, you know, they're saving you from hell. Yeah. That's not going to go it's away. pretty high stakes for them. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from the so, fact that you're their child and they have all these, you know dreams of <laughs> they had right. all these hopes for who you would be yeah yeah uh so i think uh you're either going to have to put up with i, I mean i i think the conversation's coming i don't think yeah. you're going to be able to avoid it because they're going to start asking you why you're not going to church they're going to start pushing you to go to church and when you say no they're going to say why so i would say prep you know, gear up and then have the conversation on your terms. I think that's that's huge. Um, it, my sister was kind of wrestling with something similar and she mm. was she was asking me what I thought and knowing our parents. Um, I was like, you know, it's not about having the upper hand, but no, if they come asking to you, you're on different footing than if you go to them. Right. Like. They're having to ask, is there something that you were hiding? You know, like, especially like with my parents, they're just so, they've, they've, they're very good at making you feel like you've done something wrong. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like, oh, weird. Weird. Parents I've, being... I've never heard of religious parents being like yeah. that. That's you weird. Know, Why would that happen? So, um, which, you know, um, Mark probably can, can, uh, empathize can relate with to relate to yeah. um but anyway yeah like i i think it's good to um or just wise to be the the also the um initiator of the conversation right but because here's the thing the, the one of the main reasons you want to be the initiator is because you can start it you can choose where it comes from yeah, exactly yes uh, that's true because too. what you yeah. what you don't want it to be is a like a confrontation right i don't think because it sounds to me like you love your parents you want to be a part of their lives you want them to be a part of your lives you just want it to be safe comfortable and loving and you don't feel that currently so you can go to them with that intention in mind which is i you know what because you and you can say hey i found this book in my backpack I know that you were trying to send a message with that, and I'm sure 
that it's coming from a place of love in you. But I have to tell you something. It doesn't make me feel loved. It makes me feel unheard. It makes me feel unseen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I want to talk to you about it. I want to work through it. I want you to understand where we're coming from. And then I want uh, us to understand where you're coming from so that we can so that we can push forward in love and in consideration of each other and uh and and not have not n- not have ugliness underneath our our uh relationship yeah something like that i don't know do better than what i just did that's just a jumping off point yeah and again with the caveat you know your parents yeah exactly that's the and number the thing one is, thing here like y- you and, you know what what they're capable of and what they're mm-hmm. not capable of. And yeah. so just keep keep that in mind as well. So. And also remember that this is not solved with a conversation. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, the, I've never seen one conversation be the end of it. Uh, usually these are years. This, this is a process and there are going to be fallings out and there are going to be upset times mm-hmm. and you've got to just buckle up and uh and and hope for the best but also be prepared for the worst because sometimes people lose their family Hmm. but sometimes that's an okay thing you know if your family is not going to see you for who you are accept you for who you are love you for who you are you can go out and choose more family that will yeah and so and their loss and their loss yeah but that's not but usually you can you can come around you know i've had i i have friends who who have come out to their family as gay or come out to their family as as uh atheist and once they've been through you know the, it was on the precipice of of uh disowning and then it pulled back mm. eventually it pulled back and then eventually it got better and then eventually it got even it got much better I'm not saying that's what's going to happen to you. Yeah, because uh, we, we're, my we're not making predictions. Be, it's gotten better, but then it plateaued. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there it's, may be, it's... and you may find that you've just <laughs> you find a stasis point, yeah. and that's as good as it's going to get. And it's still uncomfortable, and it's still <laughs> gross after twenty years see, later 20... or whatever it is. When did I when did I start this whole process? I was like twenty one or twenty two. Oh, so like yeah. 22, 23, 24-ish years ago. Maybe save the bisexual thing for down yeah, the road oh, a bit. Do not pile on. <laughs> that is from, from somebody who piled on. My advice, do not pile on. It's, it's yeah. not the best approach. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Peter wrote into us. He said, hey, I've been listening to the podcast but have yet to compliment you on how awesome you are. Thank you for wow. providing me with amazing, awesome, and insightful entertainment. I'm in South Florida, so sorry, and surrounded by assholes, but I have a beach in 80-degree weather as a low temperature for most of the year, so I can't complain that much. Um, anyway, uh, Peter has a PS for us, which says, if you could include a shout-out to my daughter on a podcast, I'd be so thankful. Oh. So, what up, Lexi? How you doing? (laughs) Anyway, thanks for writing in, Peter. Uh, We appreciate you. Hey, uh, so we got to talk about the people who support us. We do indeed. And uh, I'm going to launch us 
by saying that the easiest way to support us, the freest way to support us, the way that costs you nothing and yet we gain from it is to give us five stars on the on the iTunes or whatever and also write a review. Yes. So uh, I'm going to read a review. This comes from Jay-Z on the Island. Uh, and this just came iTunes. in this week? Just came in this week. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, with the headline, Dan. <laughs> Which is really funny because I had read it until this moment. I had read it as damn. Oh. But then I realized there's no M, so it's just about me. So uh, oh. suck it, Frank. <laughs> wow, that's rude. Yeah, I didn't. I, I honestly did not mean to do that, but there it is. I'm, I'm trying to be accurate here. Anyway, uh, it's a, the, the review says, love the show. I listen every week. The hosts are fun to listen to, and oh. they are both very funny. Highly recommend. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you see how easy that is, you guys? All you have to do is just go on there and write something like that. Doesn't have to be good. That was good, but like you can write whatever <laughs> you want. Just write some stuff. Throw five stars on there. If you feel like maybe we only deserve three or four stars, Give us five stars. Yeah. That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> and if you feel like we deserve one star, why are you listening? Anyway, uh, I'm going to start us off also with the other way that people show us their love, which is through giving us their hard-earned cash. And uh, and we had someone on pay PayPal. Uh, so Terry, Dr. Terry, thank you so much uh, for for signing up on there. We appreciate that. And we have some new patrons on Patreon, Dan. Um, all of these folk, including Terry, uh, went to, I assume, thankgodimatheist.com and clicked on the support tab and yeah. followed it on over to the way that to, to support the show that they like the best. We, um, we try to make it easy on you. <laughs> and so we actually have three new teachers this week. Um, Alex, oh, I should say that Terry is a, a deacon. Oh, so great. Everybody everybody that supports us gets the priesthood. We the confer the priesthood upon everybody. <laughs> so we yes. got we got a, a, a deacon, we got a couple three teachers. Three we teachers. We have Alex, WC, and Tamara. And Lovely. uh these three people now get to set up the sacrament. Ooh. Ooh. It's it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing. Six, to do. You have the same authority as a sixteen-year-old boy. No, um, as a fourteen-year-old oh, 14 boy. Fourteen-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a new priest, Dan Veronica. That's a sixteen-year-old. There you go. And then Veronica can now bless the sacrament. Oh um, man, you guys have wow. magic powers now. They don't do anything, <laughs> but you have them. So yeah. that's amazing. So thank you everyone for your support, and as always. We have our top donor to thank, our Lord and Savior, Davis. Dan. Yeah. Oh. Uncanceling someone. How does that work? Well, in the whole cancel culture thing. Okay, first we have to get uh, we have to get past this phrase cancel culture because the right has glommed onto it and uh, and they're running with it. No, it's not, we, we need to reclaim it. No, stop it. <laughs> stop fighting with me. <laughs> what we need to do is just talk about the fact that it is a a very good thing to rid our society of shit that we don't approve of. Yeah. Like for instance, 
Nazis. That's a great thing to get our to rid our society of. Or systemic racism. What a wonderful thing that would be to get rid of in our society. We should try sometime. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's not cancel culture. That's just called trying to be more decent as we move along and learn yeah, more. Absolutely. Uh, but it does end up be meaning that certain shitheads uh, we don't want to hear from anymore. And uh, yeah. and 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 so th that's what they are now labeling cancel culture and blah 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 blah. And it's only cancel culture, by the way, when we do it. Right. Because when they literally canceled a rapper who was set to appear at CPAC because <laughs> he had overtly uh, anti-Semitic like tweets and stuff, when they canceled him, literally canceled his appearance that was already booked. That wasn't cancel culture. Right. Well, what are they doing every time they call another Republican a rhino, a Republican right. in name only, right? Yeah. Like, that is canceling, right? Yeah, literally, Trump at CPAC had a whole list of Republicans and told them to vote them out. Canceling. That's cancel culture. <laughs> That's what that is. Anyway... Fine, we've figured that out. We're we're cool woke leftists, so we've figured out canceling. But there's this other side of it, which is how long is someone canceled for and for what? So one of our listeners, Tara, hi Tara, wrote into us uh, and and mentioned the uh, the the Dr. Seuss mm. uh, story, which came out this week, uh, in which. The, uh, the 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 company that that publishes Dr. Seuss's uh, books, mm -hmm. Dr. Seuss Enterprises, mm -hmm. decided that they would stop publishing six of his books. Um, if I ran a zoo, and to uh, there's a book called "And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street." These are all children's books; they're picture books, and they have some like overtly racist imagery in them and uh they're not great mm -hmm. i mean you know the books themselves may have something redeeming in them i've actually never seen those books before hmm. um but th th those ones you know like i i the the mulberry street book has uh has images of uh asian people with like slanty eyes and like uses the I think word supposed chinaman to be yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even though he put them in Japanese dress in like or Japanese sandals or something. Yeah. Anyway, and you know, uh, some of his books depict African people just as badly, you know, grass skirts and just completely insensitive. Yeah. Uh, these were published back in I think the 30s uh, or 50s something like that. Yeah, I, th I think anyway, you're more right on the the 30s side of it yeah. it was kind of pre-war if i remember right so oh yeah uh yeah mulberry street 37 yeah. there we go so here's the thing they yeah they're right let's not put those in front of young eyes anymore right. yeah they don't the kids don't need to see that it's not funny it you know that you thought it was funny back then it's not anymore uh it's racist and so yeah we'll get rid of those and then of course uh the cancel culture freaks on the right are screaming about it, blah, 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 because anything that that the left cancels is not acceptable. Well, now they must love. 
a book they didn't right. even know existed. Right. Right. Exactly. One one that they're yeah exactly like, oh, they've my, never the, seen it. My favorite one from my childhood. <laughs> like, anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the question is, we. When do we accept them back? When, do, like, yes, Doctor Seuss clearly went through. Uh, well, I'm not saying he went through a racist phase. He had racism in him, and put them put it in his books. Yeah. But then later in his career, when he came up with uh, books like Horton Hears a Who mm-hmm. and uh, The Sneeches, mm-hmm. as Tara pointed out in her email, they're they're about fairness and diversity right so can we allow for the fact that humans can grow and that people who are shitheads you know at one stage in their life can actually like make a change right and not be a shithead anymore and can we accept that well and here's here's sort of i want to like wade into the the dr seuss example just a little bit because like that was the evolution of a man over the course of his life right yeah he whatever whatever led him to developing new attitudes about uh race he did right yeah um and but in in light of our sort of where we're at right now and and kind of especially you know i'm thinking about like me too and and Mm. you know the other issues that we've been talking about um we have people who are being called out for it for their actions and for things that they've Mm -hmm. said um and who have a lot to lose and then potentially gain by making some sort of comeback right and so in in this light it's very i mean the dr seuss example is a great one because it really highlights the evolution that somebody can can have on an issue but Dr. Seuss was never canceled. Right. He was he like he he was on a path that led him to where he got, right? Yeah, in his lifetime nobody ever stood up and screamed at him right. about uh, you know his his depiction of Asian American right. of Asian people or of African people or whatever. And so what what does it take for somebody who has basically lost their status and is wanting it back? How do we believe them? How do we how do it's a great question and and one that's not a sim doesn't have a simple answer and one that uh, i don't know that we have a great example for yet but i'm so open to it right like i'm yeah. so open to the idea like there are some baddies out there who i don't think could ever regain any kind of admiration or anything for me right right um maybe they probably because they never even had it in the first place but um but I'm not going to name names, but there were some people who during me too, that went away that, and rightly went away. Um, that I'm sad to have lost. Right. Oh, and sure. I would love to see one or two of them make an, make the amends that's necessary and come back. Right. But, but that's the key. You've hit the key, which is that, you know when you've when you've made an egregious and extraordinary error yeah we need to see real steps taken yeah. like deep important steps taken before we're going to believe yeah that anything has happened in you yeah, exactly 
and we and believe me, we have to know that something has happened in you before we're going to take you back. Right. But I do think we got to keep the door open for that. We got to. Because listen, I look, I know how many dipshit thing I said Bulldike today on this show. <laughs> I say stupid shit. And I've said worse shit in my lifetime. Right. And st stuff that I have meant that that I have had to deeply apologize for. Right. Um and and stuff, you know, I'm, we're 45-year-old men. We and we're white dudes. Yeah. At least you're gay, but I don't even have that going for. <laughs> yeah. So like I am it's the I am one time man. I, mean, <laughs> I tried. I really tried, but I I'm I'm a, I'm straight. I'm sadly very straight. Anyway, the point for me is I've already made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. I, you know, I, growing up, I did I I made goofy voices and whatever that I now recognize to be racially insensitive oh, yeah. yeah i you know i i didn't know then that i was that i was doing that now i understand it but you know if i if i made that kind of a mistake now i would expect to have to do a lot of penance for it mm. but i would hope that there would be a path back yeah and 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 the path would require like deep humility yeah and and a real apology and that's the thing people don't know how to do a real apology anymore every i'm sorry you were offended is not a real apology <laughs> yeah. if anyone ever says to you i'm sorry you were offended they have not apologized at all if they say i'm sorry for what i did that offended you that's closer yeah that's them taking responsibility it's not on you it's on them and you know and that's the other thing it's like you've got to be able to do it for real deeply sh demonstrate that you know how wrong it was and why it was wrong demonstrate that you are committed to not doing it again and probably demonstrate that you're committed to fighting that same kind of thing from other people yeah and then you have to just you can't i i'm actually also opposed to people asking forgiveness i don't think that's yours to ask i don't think anybody has the right to ask for forgiveness mm. you have to your job is to apologize and to make whatever restitution you can and then it's up it's up to whomever you've wronged to decide whether or not they're going to uh to forgive you hmm. and they may never do it yeah. and that's that's their right yeah. So I I think I think if someone came, you know, if someone if someone committed uh what I will call a Weinstein. No, no, he's too bad. He's unretrievable. Yeah. Uh I don't I uh who I don't know who who it, we canceled. The examples but. are are tough. I think as soon as you get yeah. to a real world um example because like I would want like I don't even know what I would need to see from Louis C.K. Oh yeah, right. But if there's somebody on the list, a, yeah, right, that I wish yeah. he could figure it out because I loved his stuff so much. Yeah. Um, I you know hope who, he figures you know it who, out. I don't know if he can or will. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I but the but the point here is that he he has work that he has to do. Yeah. And uh and before certainly before we'll accept him and I'm not going to accept him until I feel like the women that he has wronged accept him. Yeah, or at least, you know, there's some sort of restitution made to them. He doesn't owe me anything, but he owes a lot of people yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's tricky and it's tough. And we're going to have emails come in to, to help us out with this concept and to, to correct us on things that we're probably fucking up. But I do think that, uh, that the whole idea of, of people, people are complex. There's no such thing as a good person and a bad person. There's just complex humans. We don't know why people do what they do. We just know that they, once they've done it, there has to there there have to be consequences and uh, big actions taken in order to to come back. You know, if somebody is racist, if, if somebody is sexist, if somebody is abusive, it doesn't. You don't you don't get to say, "I'm sorry," and then it's over. Right. That's not how it works. But again, but there's got to be a path. That's I think, to my mind. We, we we can't start screaming like the door is now closed. Hmm. So, are we post cancel culture? Do we is that the tr is that the new woke? <laughs> I God, I don't I don't think two middle aged white guys get to decide on the new woke. <laughs> I think that is uh, beyond our realm <laughs> to make that call. Uh. I can just, uh, but but what I can say is that uh, we are, we I, I'm I am 100% on board with never hearing ever again from unrepentant assholes. Yeah, I'm fine with that, uh, and and I have no problem with that whatsoever. But I'm also on board with uh, with saying if someone says, "Hey, I want to come back," okay, show me what you got. Yeah, yeah. Show me, it. show me, show me first. We're not going to say we're yeah. we're not going to say yes to you coming back. You start. You show us what you've got, and then we'll make a decision from there. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, solving the listen, world's problems, Dan. Right. Right, right here until, on this show. Until we get the the emails. If you want <laughs> to be one of those emails uh, and cancel us, please oh, feel no. free to write into us. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Hey, look us up. Uh, go to the Facebook page. That's what you should do. Fa Facebook.com slash TGIAtheist. We're right there. You can click that. And also on Facebook is the TGIA Members Only Lounge. But the best way to find it is to go to our website. ThankGodImAtheist.com slash Members Only and it will take you right to where you need to go. Also, follow us on Twitter at TGI Atheist. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And a big thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. Also, reminder, Family Home Evening. Oh, yeah. Monday. <laughs> so, uh, so gear up for that. Become a patron. We'll let you in. Uh, thanks so much to everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.